News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio, with your host, Phil Williams, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're bringing it to you every day in a way that hopefully will just give you the sense that you know how to walk out the door and engage a liberal and tell them what truth really is. Um, hey, hey, listen, we need more Right Side Ruffians out there, so join the band because we are picking up listeners every single day. And uh, before I go too much further and get into our next segment, uh, let me let me do this. I got to tell you real quick again about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. So ottercreekfarmstead.com is the website. Otter Creek Farm is the place. You can go there and check them out. You will be amazed when you look at their facilities. You'll understand when you look at the website why Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago. You'll understand why they were featured in Garden and Gun magazine. You will immediately recognize, man, that's a place where I want to take my corporate group. I want to take, you know, a group of clients. I want to I want to have the wedding there. I want to do receptions there. Stay overnight if you want to. Go hunting quail and pheasant on the property. Have their chefs cook you gourmet meals. Oh my gosh, Otter Creek Farm. I go out there all the time. Love it out there. OtterCreekFarmstead.com. Well, listen, um, we, we do some recurring segments, and we have a good time doing it. Some of them are just, you know, for pure humor, like uh, Adventures in Woke World. Some of them are to get other ideas incorporated in, like the Grand Council that we're going to do this afternoon with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson and me. But one of the things that I'm really enjoying is the fact that we do have a team here at uh, Right Side Radio, and part of that team is is Copper, who uh, who does a great job of not just running the board, but of chiming in and making her opinion known. And and she and I are of two different generations. And um, so earlier when I was teasing her about not knowing who Eric Clapton is, well, <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't mean she's not a conservative. It just means she her education is far from complete in the world of entertainment but <laughs> but copper um uh, we started doing this thing uh, last week and once a week we're going to have a special segment just her i want to hear what someone from her demographic thinks about the world and and it's all her i didn't write it i didn't script it it's called copper's corner we need a sound effect for it, Copper. So just uh, since we don't have one today, I'm going to get, da, 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 it's Copper's Corner. <laughs> Not a safe space. <laughs> Take it away. All right. Thank you. Well, a couple of weeks ago, you did a great segment on how to talk to liberals. And that got me thinking. And I thought I'd share some insight on how to talk to liberals specifically from younger generations. So it seems pretty commonly accepted that conservatives are persuaded better by logical arguments while liberals are driven more by emotions. And I think that is pretty true, but perhaps a bit simplistic or at the very least kind of broad. So how do we specifically use this awareness in the moment to have productive conversations? First off, I think we should be aware of what our motivations are going into a discussion with people who disagree with us. What is our goal? To convince them we're right and they're wrong? Statistically, that is extremely unlikely to happen. Think about it. Has someone ever completely changed your mind through an argument? For me, probably very rarely. Generally, I find this just creates more frustration and both parties leave unsatisfied. So when talking about a controversial topic, I think most people, and particularly people in my generation, we want to be heard and feel like our opinion is valued. For instance, in discussions of race and gender, at the end, even if you don't disagree with where they're going with their arguments, I think people just want to hear, I'm sorry you experienced that. It must be rough. I respect where you're coming from. We should all do better. Or even something as simple as, I wish the world wasn't a bad place sometimes. Even if you disagree with their conclusions, you can still show you value their thoughts and experiences. 
So that brings me to the first practical course of action you can take when speaking to younger liberals. And I mean, I think it's pretty applicable to older ones as well. First, listen first and speak second and really listen. Don't just sit there formulating what you're going to say next in response to them because people can tell. You can, you can always get a sense of when people's eyes glaze over and they're just waiting for their chance to speak. Um, and the easiest way I find to show that you really listened is by asking a follow-up question and a good one that shows you want to hear what they think, not one that's meant to lead the discussion in the direction that you want. Um, and number two, this one I find pretty useful. Use anecdotes. Since liberals do often respect emotion more than logic, they use personal anecdotes and are swayed by them far more than conceptual reasoning. For instance, I encountered pretty extreme hostility when making general pro-life arguments in college, but when I shared with a friend that my mother had a miscarriage before me and that my parents named me after him and that then I told her I believed that he was fully alive, even though it was early in the pregnancy and that I believed I would see him again one day. And she went pretty quiet after that. Now, that's not my main reason for being horrified by the murder of unborn children, but it is a reason and one that my friend could not dispute because she couldn't tell me that my emotional valuing of pre-born life was wrong. And it, in fact, drew out more personal stories from her. The fact that she had had a pregnancy scare in high school and was horrified by the idea of pregnancy, but that that was why personally she wanted it legal. So my vulnerability inspired her own and it actually garnered some respect between us, which she told me later, which was a funny story, that she actually used that discussion in an essay she wrote for grad school about how to talk to conservatives, which is kind of funny. Um, number three for practical tips is try to stick to your areas of expertise and experience. Because liberals really don't respect the theoretical arguments or ideas on a topic if they come from someone who has not lived through something similar. For instance, if you're a white person, they really aren't going to listen to you going on about race relations. Now, I don't think that's a good thing. For instance, a man can have opinions about women's rights and talk about it with women, and we should want that. But practically speaking, I don't think most liberals really care or want to hear that. I mean, who would you rather listen to talk about cancer? A doctor, a cancer survivor, or Joe Schmo down the street? Traditionally also, this has been true, the best rhetorical argument was considered one that included logic and emotional appeal, and one that came from someone with a good reputation and relevant experience. So it's nothing new. It just so happens that liberals care more about hearing from people who have been through a relevant experience, whereas conservatives might rather hear from a legal expert or somebody who you know has actually studied the matter. For instance, when discussing laws around sexual assault, the liberal might rather hear from an activist woman who has been sexually assaulted well, a conservative might rather hear from the legal expert with 50 plus years of experience in the field. But if you don't have either, then my tip is to do some research or at least speak and listen first to the people who do. Then you'll also stop in their tracks, the liberals who themselves go on about woke issues without actually having any relevant experience or expertise. But if we won't really bother to research that much, then I guess why should people take our opinion seriously? Conservatives can learn that there's value in staying quiet sometimes and hearing a different perspective if we don't have the experience or expertise to make our points the most valuable. And think about it. Wouldn't you appreciate it if liberals, if younger generations treated you with that respect, if they listened and asked good questions, if they explained their thought process and emotions, 
They didn't blather endlessly on matters that didn't relate to them as if they were an expert. If they told you at the end of the conversation that they valued your thoughts and could see where you were coming from, even if they disagreed with how you acted on your beliefs, I think we would all appreciate that. And we are told to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. So I think let us be the better men and women and reach our hand out first. Copper, it's awesome. All right, that's we need a, it. It almost feels anticlimactic not having <laughs> horns blowing at the end of your. Da, 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 that was Copper's quarter. Um, I was sitting here taking notes, actually. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you could tell, but I was actually I sitting there. <laughs> scritch, scritch, scritch. I was. I, and I, you would say something, and I would write it down. Look, I've actually got Lurs Point like one, two, and three mm. right there. And um, so, you, so you said a couple things, and um, I do remember, like for instance, you said something about sharing things through anecdotal form. Yes. Um, and and I think you know, folks, we said that in this show that if we could do anything to help you. Uh, uh, in our listening base, you know, to be a right side ruffian, which by the way, does not mean you're a right side bully. It means you're somebody who's willing to get in the fray. All right. You're willing to take the fight if necessary, mm-hmm. but, but, but there has got to be the ability to have discourse and, and to do that. Sometimes it means sharing your own testimony, which can be painful. Um, it is something that I enjoy doing and, 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 and sort of the, the depth of different experiences I have, have given me the ability to come on the air and, and tell, uh, viewpoints because they are something that I may have lived through and that's true. I had somebody tell me one time and you kind of said it this way that your story is your story. No one can take that away. Mm-hmm. And um, But a lot of people don't ever stop and think how would I tell my story? And so I guess one of the first things that I would challenge people to do based on your comments is um, know how to tell your story. If there's that thing you care about and you mentioned one pro-life um cancer survivor that was one of your examples i believe yeah um uh maybe you're a veteran um it, it be able to tell that portion of your story that you can tell some of it might be too painful or too personal you don't want it aired out there i get it but there may be parts of it i used to work okay a part of my eclectic resume that i've never really even talked about on here is i used to work in the counseling environment um in an adolescent treatment center and we used to call it the occasional therapeutic use of self which means you didn't do it often, but at the right moment you recognized you could um, share an experience that the person you were counseling with could identify mm-hmm. with more, and it brought them to a place of understanding. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest points you just made was being able to share your own story. Yeah, I have I have found the best success with that one. I I think. I, and I, but but like I said, people too often don't think about how to phrase it. They don't think about how to do it in the elevator pitch. You know, imagine imagine if you got on an elevator and there was a person there who turned to you and said, I'm going to the seventh floor between now and then. Tell me why I should believe whatever. Hmm. Could you do it? Hmm. And um, those opportunities occasionally come along and you may not get them back. So if you're prepared to say what it is, then then then, you know, you're better off for the moment. Yeah, and you might fall back on the arguments we've all heard, but then they're not going to remember those because they've heard them before. But they might remember a story that has some impact to it. I think, I'll be honest with you, that was Copper's Corner, and you were talking about how to uh, debate liberals or talk to liberals at your age. I'm pretty sure that was for any age. (laughs) Wisdom. Wisdom from my friend Copper. Good stuff, girl. Thank you so much. Um, Copper's Corner, we'll do it every week. Hey, listen, it's 347 right now. You're listening to Right Side Radio on 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the talk giant of North Alabama. Solid, conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back after this.